Welcome, everybody. Beautiful day out there. So I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely enjoyed this past week of cooler temperatures. Man, what a, what a nice relief and a break. And so, um, but for these, those of you that like the heat, don't worry, summer's, summer's back today, tomorrow, and this week. So a couple of things this morning, uh, I don't have a whole lot, but uh, you know, the, the Word of God is full of promises, is it not? And um, you don't have to look very far, and obviously you look at the book of Psalms, there's just promise after promise. And so I was reading through Psalms 33 uh, earlier in the week, and a couple of those kind of came to my attention. Uh, Psalms 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. You know, we, those of us who have children, um, I, I think of a, a little one-year-old, maybe 18 months, two-year-old, they, we're always watching our, our kids, are we not? And we have one right now that he's, well, 18, 19 months, and he's starting to move around and get a little more mobile, and we've got a canal about 50 yards from our house. Thankfully, there's some elevation there that they have to navigate to get up to that, but we've got a pond even a little further away, driveways that navigate around the house. Right now, we've actually got corn about 50, 60 yards from the house, so there's a little bit of, it kind of blocks our view just a little bit. Um, but as parents, we're always watching out for our children, are we not? Or at least we should be, as good parents. We're always we're looking out for them. Just to make a comparison to this verse, I think um, children, of course, do they naturally have a fear of us when, they, when they're born? Well, I don't think they have a fear of anything when they're born because they're kicking and screaming and demanding to eat and all the things they do. But pretty quickly, a child, as they're trained... They have a fear of, of dad and mom, a healthy fear, right? And um, I think the challenge in this verse is that, is that we, you know, I think we talked about a little bit last week, that naturally we don't have a fear of, we don't inherently have a fear of God. It's not just something natural. And that's the result of sin, just that rebellion that's kind of in our flesh that says, ah, you know. But we have to build that fear of the Lord as we're in the Word and, and meditating on it. We find out more about him. We learn about him. We learn about how awesome he is and his love and what he's done for us that builds the fear of the Lord within us. The promise is when we do that, when we hope in his mercy that he will deliver us, right? That he will watch over us to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in, family, in famine. Kind of like us as a father that may be watching our little two-year-old, our year-and-a-half-year-old, watching them in the yard, right? We wouldn't want anything to happen to our young child. That's really what the Lord is doing for us. That is the promise, is that as we fear him, he is watching out for us. Um, to keep our soul, to deliver our soul from death, um, and to keep them alive in famine. Now famine, there's a natural famine, right? That's just natural hunger. And we might experience that someday. We really don't know what that's like. I, I don't think in this country, and that is a, a, a real famine where physically we're hungry. We're just, we haven't had anything. But um, I think the bigger issue is, is more of a spiritual famine, 
right? There's times where we go through challenging times and we're like, man, we don't feel real close to God. And the promise is that he won't let us slip out of his hand very easily, will he? He, he is holding us. Um, <clears throat> the second verse I wanted to go over to is uh, John chapter 6, verse 35. I am the bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Pretty straightforward. We won't hunger as we believe and trust in him. We have fullness. There are so many promises in the word of God. And I think he gave those to us that, you know what, when we're struggling, when we're struggling and we're weak, maybe we feel weak in our faith, like, Lord, I don't feel you, that, you know what, you get in the word of God and you feel and you feed on these, and you meditate on these, and it might mean you have to write that thing down on an index card, and you take it with you, and you put it in your truck if you're driving, or you put it somewhere where you're seeing that, and you're getting the word inside of you. And pretty soon, you're not allowing the thoughts of the world around you, and of the enemy, the seeds that he's trying to sow in our minds, we're not allowing those, we're not dwelling on those, we're not dwelling on negative circumstances, but we're dwelling on the word of God, and it builds us up on the inside. And so, that is, the, that is the God that we're praising this morning, the God of hope, a God of promises, and uh, he has done so much for us, has he not? And so this morning, um, let's go ahead and stand and we'll, we'll pray, we'll invite the worship team up. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you right now, Lord, thank you that you are here, thank you for your wonderful, precious promises that you give us in your word. Lord, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the Father that you are, but Lord, you're, you love us beyond a human love. And Lord, we're constantly learning about your love and your greatness and how awesome you are. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray, Father, today that everyone in here would be ministered by your word, through worship, through the message that is coming. I ask that you would bless the time of worship this morning and, uh, and the word to come. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Good morning. Welcome all you visitors. It's I see a handful of people that's uh, new to our group here. And um, I'm Brian. Those of you who don't know, Brian Lynch, one of the elders with Paul Flatow and our uh, beloved pastor, Jason, who's away for a couple of weeks. He'll be back this week, thankfully. So... Uh, I'd uh, like to tell you a story, kind of getting started here, kind of set the tone a little bit. A couple of months ago, uh, my wife and I and Taylor went to Black Rock, Idaho to pick up a piece of equipment, and it's uh, I farm for a living, and uh, so we decided to drive this thing home. Well, uh, everything went pretty well. We filled it up with f uh, fuel and diesel exhaust fluid and headed down the road, and Everything was fine until we stopped at Dairy Queen in Twin Falls. And that had nothing to do with it, but I just had to mention the, the Dairy Queen part of it because I like ice cream. Um, anyways, we got in, the, got in the stacker and headed down the road, and the, uh, the light started blinking and it started beeping. It was saying low def fluid or something. And it beep, 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 beep. And Taylor's driving this thing, and of course, I'm, I can kind of hear it when I talk to him on the phone. It's kind of obnoxious, but I'm like, ah, oh, just ignore it and just keep going. Don't worry about it. It's deaf fluid, and it'll be fine. And 
just put your headphones on and listen to some music. You know, you got the noise-canceling headphones. And I think that worked pretty good for him until he talked to us, and it was beep, 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 beep. You know, you're supposed to, like, pay attention to it, you know. So, uh, anyways, we had to pull over and take Taylor to the insane hospital because he just couldn't handle it. No, not really. Uh, however, it was getting really obnoxious. So, um, I rode with him for a little while and listened to this noise. And I don't remember if I was driving this thing or not, but eventually just drove it until it stopped going. And it just ran out of, it ran out of, I guess it had enough um, codes that it just shut the machine down. And we could go five miles an hour or something down the freeway, but it's like, no, this is not going to work at all. So I'm um, like, well, let's just, I called the dealership and asked the dealership, you know, what are we supposed to do? I didn't really, I might got out and looked at it, but I don't know anything about that new technology. And so he's like, well, I'll send a truck down if you can get it down the road or to a safe place, I'll, I'll send a truck. And so we towed it down, the, down six miles down the freeway to this place and just abandoned it, shut it off and left it. So this is kind of a little bit of a story of how I've operated over the years a little bit. Just ignore it and hope it goes away. And that's not, uh, that's not always the best strategy. I've, I'm learning. So... Have you ever seen those uh, wind-up alarm clocks? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You wind them up. And when I was younger, I'd let that thing go till it wound out. You know, just go and ring and ring and ring. And uh, how many of you have like a check engine light on your car right now? A few. So it's there for a reason. You know, you really should get it checked out. Oh, it'd be fine. How about a uh, low tire indicator? Anybody have a low tire indicator light on? Good, crazy. You guys are a lot like me. Uh, what about a timer on an oven? Does anybody of you ignore the timer on an oven? It goes off. Not too many. You probably know the bad comes of that. And uh, I have a, uh, uh, the belt minder shut off on my truck because it just drives me nuts to hear it ding. Well, I'm, I, I wear my seatbelt most of the time, but sometimes I'm driving out on the farm and it'll ding if you don't plug it in. So, fact is, we all need reminding. We all need warnings over and over and over again. And uh, maybe it's just me because I like to forget things, but that actually, it could be a good trait when it comes to offenses. You know, if, you, if somebody does me wrong, I kind of let it go. But... It's not always good because it don't always work out that way for the rest of them in my family. But I've known someone that has disregarded a check engine light and they just kept driving. Or it was an overheating. It was overheating. I think he did it twice. Overheating. It wasn't me, but I know who it was. And kept driving and it got so hot it basically cracked the block. It caused trouble. So and there's, there's consequences if we ignore the warning. If we ignore those things that are there for a reason. And it's like, I don't know what was going through his mind. Is the temperature gauge wrong or is the ascending unit? You know, there's a lot of things. Oh, it's just a, you know, the thing's not right or whatever and just keep going. But so most of the time I can ignore those things, but it's not a good, it's not a good way to go. I guess all I'm trying to say, and maybe you shouldn't be as much like me. 
And um, I go to, most of the time I, I can't ignore the problems of the past. And it's like, however, there, there's things in my life that I'd like to forget. Like uh, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something like fix a lawnmower or whatever. Uh, I don't get it done. It's just something, I need. it's easier to get with it and do it right away. You know, I had a, uh, a leak in my faucet. And I didn't realize it, but I hate plumbing. Plumbing is, I get cantankerous. Ask my family. They know when I've been to Lowe's for plumbing projects or uh, I've done a plumbing project. It just puts me in an ill temper. But fixing the plumbing projects is really important. And I got a water damage in the bottom of my basement to prove it. It leaked out a little bit and it happened. So don't do as I... Do, do as they say. I failed quite a few times at uh, my challenges in life, but uh, because I don't deal with them right away. So this is, this is in the natural I'm talking about. Hopefully we can get to the spiritual side of our uh, application here, but I don't know. Some of you may not can, cannot relate to this, but hopefully some of you can relate a little bit. Anyways, I think I'm learning to deal with this a little better, some of the challenges, so... My main thought is that don't ignore the warning signs. Trust God and do the right. So I'm going to hopefully, if you don't take anything away, hopefully you can remember that point in the message here. Uh, there's some examples in the natural that happen when we ignore the, ignore the morning light that uh, needs my attention. We need warning lights in our life, like the yellow light on the road, you know, just go from red to green. We need those warnings to say, hey, we're going to turn, it's going to turn red, so you need to be slowing down. And uh, the signs that have the curve in the road that say 25 miles an hour, you know, if you're going 75 and you got that curve and you don't see it, it's, it's a problem. So I think I'm a pretty good driver, so I can talk about that. It doesn't hit home too bad. However, I did back into a big bail the other day. My wife wanted me to say that <laughs> and ding my door a little bit. But uh, some of you may not be good drivers, but you're good at remembering dates or special events or special occasions. I need a reminder of God's past provision, His present deliverance, and His future promises. We need reminding, you know, and the children of Israel, God was saying, don't forget, write them on the fontless of your head or, you know what I'm saying? Write it down, just remember, remember, remember. And I guess that's my, uh, my message today. Just remember, heed the warning, trust God and, and do the right. The Bible is full of reminders and we need to evaluate and check our hearts as to where it aligns with God's word. So, Aaron, if you want to go on that slide, there's a couple of them I'd like to talk about. A couple of them are maybe on the negative side, and the, the last one is more on the positive side. And some of the things that, um, there's a lot of warnings and reminders in the Bible, but I just picked on a couple of them here. An idol. An idol is an image regarded as an object of worship, a person or thing blindly or exceedingly adored, a false god, something 
visible but lacking substance. An idolater is one who worships idols, one who blindly, excessively adores a person. An idolatry is blind or excessive adoration or devotion. And idols can come in many forms and ways, basically anything that we adore or devoted to. And I don't know how much screen time you guys had this last week, but I was looking at my phone, and it was like an hour and 14 minutes of screen time a day. And I'm not saying that's an idol, but it's kind of interesting how uh, in the old, old days of Abraham, I'm thinking of, was it Rachel that stole her father's idols? You know, when they made these idols, they made them of very valuable things, gold and silver. And so I can understand maybe a little bit of why um, they would steal somebody's idols. We don't, I mean, I don't really know that much about idols, but um, in our world, I think we're, they're more there than what we're aware of. Does that make sense? And, um, and it says here, it says one of them, um, something that we work with our hands. See, maybe I'll mention that later here, but it's, it's uh, the work of our hands, something we excessively adore, and we can put our energy into our jobs, or we can put our energy into our kids, or whatever. So it's something, it's a warning, I guess that's what I'm saying, a reminder. In the first and second commandments in Exodus 20, 1 through 6, and God spoke these, saying, these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourselves a graved image, any likeness of anything that is heaven above or that is the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the fourth and third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And I'm asking myself, why do we do this? You know, as humans, why, why are we involved in this? And I think a lot of it, at least for me, is idolatry is a matter of the heart. It's a, a pride or self-centeredness, greed, gluttony, the love for possessions, um, ultimately rebellion against God. It's, it's an any wonder that God hates um, idols. In uh, John, John 5, 21, says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So there's the bleep, beep, 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 a flashing. And you have to translate it in your own life, in my own life, to what do we put and what do we door over our loving Father. And uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Flee, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So we have some instruction 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Belial, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as just as God has said, I dwell in them, and walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now look at the children of Israel and often wandered. They wandered and strayed, and yet it's so easy for us to wander and stray. God is always trying to bring us back 
So, um, in Psalms 15, 1 through 11, I won't read it today, but David speaks of not trusting in man made idols, but trusting in the Lord God. In that, in that verse, David talks about the man-made, that's probably where I'm getting it from, man-made these things. And if you look at the, uh, the, in the uh, Mount Sinai, you know, when Moses went up the mountain and they came down and they had made this gold calf, and we don't really... I, mean, I guess I'm t- talking about myself. I don't really see this gold calf as being that big of a deal. I mean, it's solid gold. Yeah, it's probably worth millions, but it's just a calf. But they were, you know, God saw that as uh, they're putting more love. They adored that, the work of their hands. They endured the work of their hands more. So, I don't know, might be something there. In Isaiah 2.8 their, their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their fingers have made. So I, I don't know what your idol looks like today, but I thought I wrote a few down here. Is it our jobs or the work that we do? Um, we idolize people, um, friends, and blue bloods. They say follow the money. You know, where do I invest my treasures? Do I put uh, all my adoration in the stock market? Or, um, you know, I believe that we need to be good stewards of what God's entrusting us, investing and passing, um, you know, money or inheritance to our children. But we have to evaluate it in our hearts, make sure we're in line with God. Our culture is uh, pretty self-centered. Um, Man-made God, don't believe. And I was listening to um, Master, I forget his name now. Well, anyways, he does street preaching, and it's amazing the amount of people that do not believe there's a God, or they're denying there's a God. It's, um, they don't believe God is creator. They worship the fish, there's a council culture, all this stuff is going on today. Racial inequality, anti-life, population control calling good what's bad and bad what's evil. And uh, I don't know, how do we avoid these idols in our lives? I just wrote down here, acknowledge that all things come from God and there's no other God like Him. And He's, he's created all these things. It's the whole universe, the earth. Look at the creation. It's wonderful. It's, it's order, organized. It's put together. Seek Him first in everything we do. So that takes us back to the next second topic here of hypocrisy. And this is a, another warning, reminder. Hypocrisy is the practice of expressing feelings or beliefs. It's supposed to be virtues. Or virtues one does not hold on or possess. Insincerity or acting under feigned part. Deceit, hypocrisy, piety just for the sake of appearance is futile for even hidden motives. The word is derived from the Greek term actor. Literally for even hidden motives. Oh, literally one who wears a mask. In other words, someone who pretends to be what he's not. In Matthew 23, 1 through 3, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit at Moses' seat 
Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. And Luke 12, 1 says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The scribes and the Pharisees, they thought they were the best of the best in there, but their heart was far from Jesus. And they claimed Abraham to be our father. We have Abraham. And I was thinking about doing a, um, a skit, you know, an object skit, and have somebody claim to be the son of Pastor Dwight or somebody like that. But, you know. But that's what they were claiming. They were claiming, hey, we are heirs to Abraham. And they don't even, Abraham wouldn't even know you. Jesus argued about that quite a bit. And if you knew Abraham, if you knew Jesus, you would know who I am, is what Jesus was saying. So who's a hypocrite? And I, I know for me, it's a whole lot easier when I'm raising kids, it's a whole lot easier to say something than to follow through with it or to live it out. And I know a lot of you guys do a great job of living it out, but there's nothing worse than uh, saying, I believe this way, and yet we live another way. And that's, uh, that's the warning. That's the reminders to try to stay, stay square, stays true. I go through routines. I have a schedule, um, somewhat of a schedule. I, I do good things or do good works and then not give time to meditate on where my heart lies with the Lord. So I may do things out of mechanization or standardize. And really, I need to really think about the devotion that uh, I'm doing it for, the reason I'm doing it for. I, find, I often find my heart needs adjusting. I just want to remind all of us to turn our hearts to, to the Lord, tune in with Jesus, heed the warning, trust God, and do the right. Abraham was called the friend of God because he trusted God with his heart. In Matthew 7, got some more. Uh, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your eye, your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Why do we become hypocritical? I wonder if it's a lack of desire or motivation. Lack of desire to live consistent. And I know there's um, a lot of people say, Yeah, oh, there's too many hypocrites in the church. Well, come on over and join us or be part of us. Yeah, that's not a good motivator, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that get tweaked because of hypocrites. And I'm like, Well, you know, we're not, we're not perfect. We're saved, we're saved sinners, is what we are. I'm not excluded from that, and I guess I'm challenging each one of you to think about it, and uh, God will guide us and direct us, put our hearts toward Him, simply ask God to be the center of our hearts, to be His followers in word, in deed, and truth. As children, we are called to strive for holiness, 1 Peter 1.6. We are to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. We should never imply an acceptance of sin, especially in our lives. All we should do, we should all be consistent with what we believe and who we are in Christ. Play acting is meant for the stage, 
not for real life. Through our living faith in the Lord Jesus, we continually overcome sin's power until we are finally delivered. In 1 John 5, 4 through 5, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He who has overcome the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, that's who overcomes the world. Heed the warning, trust in God and do the right. All right, we're on the last one. It's, it's not a warning, it's more of a reminder, reminder of God's faithfulness. To be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, unwavering, Scripture speaks often of God's faithfulness. Over and over we learn that God says He will do something. He does it, even when it seems impossible. When He says something will happen, it happens. This is true for the past, the present, and the future. When a person walks consistently with God in humble service to Him, he or she can be called faithful. It's that simple. And I have some uh, verses, some chapters that... Uh, we can go through Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. We are urged to grow to spiritual maturity in these areas of faith to virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. In Hebrews 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. For the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? I think of a story in um, Exodus of Joseph, who was a faithful, uh, mistreated young man, was sent down to, uh, his brothers were very jealous of him, was sent down to slavery in Egypt. And in uh, Genesis 39, 1 through 3, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. So Joseph and I was going to read through that um, story about how um, Potiphar's wife kept trying to cling to him and get him to uh, commit a, a, um, sexual immorality or commit adultery, basically. And he's like, no way. I, how can I do this to the Lord God? I can't do this. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Do I have the intimacy with God to be faithful no matter what? Joseph did. Joseph's faithfulness to God extended to the Egyptians as well as his family. So Joseph was blessed. He was successful and he was blessed. And because of that, the Egyptians, had they were very prosperous. And his family got to come down into Egypt and eat of all this grain. We really don't know how many people are affected by our decisions that we make. Heed the warning. Trust God and do the right. And 1 John 2, uh, 
15, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the prey of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. So the world is influencing people away from God in our culture. I know Zach mentioned that some last week. And then we are all, we are to point people to God's direction. Why should we be faithful? What, what's the motivation? A fool said in his heart, there is no God. In Proverbs 5, 1 through 3, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, that your lips may keep knowledge, for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Now may the God of peace sanctify himself May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. And how do we become faithful? It's one day at a time. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. We can't deal with anything about yesterday. We only have today to be faithful. We get to we get to trust God by knowing His character. And three ways we get to know Him is study His Word, reviewing His work in our own lives, and learning to follow His voice, listening to the Holy Spirit lead us, that still, small voice. Let's ask God, what areas I need to be more faithful? Is it to our spouse? Is it to our Relative, son, daughter, mother, brother, sister, co-worker, boss, employee. I can be more faithful. I know that. How about you? Heed the warning. Trust God and do the right. That's, uh, that's the message today. So in 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in 2 Peter 1.5-7, But also this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Heed the warning. Let's align our hearts with the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness, for loving us, and I pray that I can uh, maybe be an example of what not to do. Lord, help me to step out of the way and honor you and worship you. Father, may all of us be challenged to Listen to the warning that you give us, to the still small voice of direction. Holy Spirit, guide us today as we go. Help us to worship you and honor you and be faithful. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We have a song here I'd like you to listen to, then we'll dismiss. <laughs>